Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we wanted to talk about having to remove features uh, of the apps. And this is, you know, I've done this a lot over time. So a lot of times it's kind of questionable whether like you really have to remove something. It's kind of a blurry line of like, are you removing something because some condition is changing or somebody is forcing you to remove it? Or are you removing it um, because you don't like the feature anymore? Uh, or they, or it's hard, it's too hard to support or something like that. Uh, and I've done a lot of both, honestly, uh, more the latter than the former, <laughs> honestly. But uh, I, I think what I'm facing this summer is is um, I'm having to remove the send to watch feature from Overcast. This is a feature that would use the iPhone app to transcode the the uh, podcast file to a smaller size and then send, and bake in SmartSpeed and then send it over Bluetooth to the watch. And then the watch would have its own local copy of the file, and then it could it could play the file directly from the watch to a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Uh, if you were you know out running with the watch or something and didn't have your phone with you, this is a feature that people had requested for ever since the first watch came out. It was it was the number one feature request from watch owners uh, was the ability to have standalone playback, you know, playback without your phone, and. Basically, and and this feature, I, I it took me a very very long time to get this working. Um, I worked a lot on it this past winter. Um, I've probably invested something like three or four months of development time into just this feature. And the the main problem I kept facing w- was the the background audio playback APIs on WatchOS are very very rudimentary because WatchOS has to run on this very very low power device. And one thing that basically doesn't exist in watchOS is background execution of apps. Like, a few can do it. Uh, mainly, like, the workout processing apps can do it. But almost nothing else on watchOS is allowed to persistently run in the background the way audio apps on iOS are. You know, on iOS, you have audio playback, VoIP, um, you have uh, location tracking, like, turn-by-turn directions. All these kinds of apps can stay in the background indefinitely as long as the user is using them they can keep staying in the background on watchOS, that list is much shorter it's it, and and notably does not usually include audio apps and so there is there are a few apis you can use them the biggest one is the wk audio file player api but it's very very rudimentary and honestly i've had a lot of problems and shortcomings trying to use it a lot of bugs a lot of just missing features um, because the way it works is it actually is out of process. Uh, it you basically hand it a file URL, and it plays, and then your app gets terminated in the background. And then you know at, at various times your app could be woken back up again to be notified of stuff going on in the audio player. Maybe if you're lucky, or if the user interacts with you, you you'll obviously wake up for that. But otherwise, you're you're kind of just you're not running, and that that makes it very very hard to make a good audio playback experience, especially for things like podcasts that have to be resumable, that have to save your position, stuff like that. Um, and in, so for forever, for, for months, I was fighting these APIs. I was, I, I just, I could not get a good experience out of watch background audio playback. The problem was not sending the files over. All of that, that has its own problems of things like it's very, very slow. There's no way to detect the progress of a transfer, which is very, very bad for, the user experience, uh, but 
even if you can get past the transferring of the files, or even if you can have the watch download the files directly over over Wi-Fi or over maybe a future cellular connection watch, you still have would have the problem of background audio playback on watchOS. And so what happened was, this past spring, an app called Watch Player by Peter Knapp came out, and it, it uncovered for me a, a new method. Uh, basically, if you, if you said you were a workout processing app, you could use AV Audio Player and use it directly, and your app would stay running all the time without interfering with other workout processing apps. It would just do the right thing. It would do what you want. It would, it would stay in the background uh, as audio was playing and allow you to do things like save your position reliably and not have to deal with all the out-of-process bugs of WK Audio File Player and stuff like that. Um, it was, and, and it didn't have any kind of weird uh, interaction with remote controls or, or the now playing screen, which is part of the problems I have with the WK Audio File Player API. It has a lot of weird interactions there. Anyway, so this was finally a way to fairly reliably p- play audio in the background on watchOS. So I switched over to this method and I released this feature. And it turns out that this was not intended to work this way by, by Apple. And so this feature it no longer works this way in watchOS 4. watchOS 4, uh, you can only, if you want background audio playback, you can only use WK Audio File Player. All the, 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 the method of saying you're a workout app to really play audio, that no longer works on watchOS 4. So now I'm faced with this massive dilemma of, well... I can go back and rewrite the whole thing again for WK Audio File Player, the out-of-process API. But that had a lot of problems and a lot of bugs and a lot of shortcomings and just weird behavior. Like, for instance, it tries to uh, it tries to hook into the remote control buttons. So if you were to hit, uh, you know, uh, skip forward or seek forward on a Bluetooth headphone or if you were to go to the now playing screen and hit the fast forward button, what that does for WK Audio File Player is what you'd expect from music. It goes to the next track. Uh, podcast apps all interpret this as seek forward by 30 seconds or whatever you've set it to. So for podcasts, what you want is very, very different than that. And when you are controlling the audio player and you have a proper remote control API like you do on iOS, you can interpret that as whatever you want. And you can, you can do that. On watchOS... Because this is all happening out of process, out of your control with WK Audio File Player, watchOS tries to do, tries to do the right thing. So it's, it just invalidates that file and seeks to the next one. Uh, if you are a podcast app, you don't have an next one, or you might have used the WK Audio Q File Player or Audio File Q Player, whatever it's called. Um, but you, ha- you have no way to, to interpret that, that click as something else or that, that fast-forward command as something else. So it just ends the track you're listening to and goes to maybe the next podcast or whatever else. And I tried so many crazy hacks with this. So, for instance, splitting up podcasts into, like, 10-second chunks and just giving it a queue of, like, 400 files for, for a show. Perfect. Uh, what could go wrong, yeah, right? Yeah, unsurprisingly, WatchOS did not appreciate that approach <laughs> for various various resource limitations, I think. It probably didn't expect me to, to have a playlist with 400 entries of 10-second files. So, yeah, that, that, didn't, that wasn't great. And so, again, like, I, I tried all these hacks to try to get this this WK Audio File Player to to give an experience good enough for podcast listening, and it, basically it just didn't happen. It didn't happen four months ago, or, you know, it didn't happen for the four months I was working on it last winter. And I've tried over the last few weeks to do it again, 
and with watchOS 4, and it's not any better in watchOS 4. It, it still has all of these same shortcomings and all these same bugs. And yes, I have filed many radars, and I have... I have, you know, forwarded them to evangelists and things like that. But the fact is, like, background audio playback I don't think is is a very high priority on Apple Watch compared to, like, everything else they have to do. Like, Apple's very busy this time of year with things like iOS and getting the new phones out and, and all the new stuff for iPad and everything. So I, while I have filed bugs and contacted, you know, the appropriate people, I, I don't think... I, I don't think these bugs are going anywhere. Basically, the, the beta series, the beta season is almost over, and they haven't gone anywhere. So, so I wouldn't expect them to. So, I'm faced with this decision of like, do I move to this new API, which is much worse for my purposes in, in every possible way, and way buggier, and introduces all sorts of new problems, and requires all sorts of crazy hacks, like you know, using a timer and pulling things that are supposed to be KVO compliant but aren't, stuff like that, like just a lot of bugs and a lot of weird workarounds that you have to do, pulling things to see if they're playing or if they're stalled because sometimes the is playing attribute is wrong. Like it's, there's all sorts of problems that I, I can't even, I can't even overstate how many problems there are with this API. Um, and so I can switch to that, but it's going to be way, way worse than it is now. And right now, the feature is barely shippable as it is, like with, with the watchOS 3 version. That was barely shippable, and I probably shouldn't have shipped it, but I did. Or I can remove this feature now and just say, sorry, everyone, it didn't work out. Um, and this is complicated. Like, some people have said, like, well, I can, I'll just leave my watch on watchOS 3. Well, that's not very. That's not going to work because first of all, if I leave this feature in for everyone else, when they upgrade to WatchOS four, it stops working. Even if I don't recompile the app for WatchOS four, and then second of all, if I update my app to iOS eleven and WatchOS four, then if their watch is still on three, it'll just be deleted from their app when they update the phone app. So they would have to also not update to iOS eleven, and that's unlikely. You know. So anyway, I'm basically stuck, and I have to remove this feature, and. This is this is really a tricky decision because the good thing is not a lot of people use this feature. It's used by something like 0.1% according to my analytics of of active users. So it's it's a very very low number. Um but that 0.1% is going to be really mad. And I've tried to warn them on Twitter ahead of time and say, you know, hey just so you know I've been working on this, not going well. Uh, but but I've decided it's really out now, and I'm not going. I'm going to remove this feature. Like the decision is made, and I'm also going to remove it like now, rather than in in a month and a half or whatever. You know, whenever iOS uh, 11 ships and watchOS 4, because I don't want my entire iOS 11 updates story to be a removal of a major feature, and I don't want all the one-star ratings that I'm definitely going to get by removing this feature to apply to my big iOS 11 update. You know, I, I want I want to get this out of the way now, and I, and I want to kind of stop the influx of new customers finding this feature and getting accustomed to it, only to have it be ripped away from them in a month and a half or whatever. So I'm going to remove this feature now. And it's it's always a very tricky balance, because, like again, it's like you have to think about all these things. Like, you have to consider like you're definitely going to make a lot of people angry you're definitely going to get a lot of one-star reviews uh it's going to hurt the app for a while but the feature wasn't very good to begin with and i've been getting one-star reviews over the current feature as it is today even even from people who love the rest of the app 
but they want this feature to work better. So they say one star for the whole app because they're mad at this feature. So like, <laughs> it's, uh, what should I do? Does this sound reasonable? I think it does. Because I think the reality in a situation like this is that like the, the the biggest things that come to mind is at a certain point there's like the the sunk cost fallacy that you have to deal with of the that feeling of like because you've put so much into something that you should put more into it to save that effort that you put into it before mm-hmm. um so like in this case the thing that you i'd always have in the back of my mind is just like am i continuing to work on this feature because i've spent months working on this feature or does this feature still make sense um in and of itself like if i was coming at it fresh so you have to have, have that in the back of your mind and then two it's like is what is this feature getting in the way of be, you know being made because um, you know it's 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 like especially as a one as a one person developer or you know or even a small team like you you're the the one thing that you can't get more of is time and attention to work on your app and to make the the part of the app that 99.9% of your other users interact with better um and so the biggest things i'm like it is so hard to say to just like accept the fact that this is going to be unfortunate, that this is not going to be pleasant for who knows how long for, you know, I mean, it could be indefinitely problematic for that very small group of people, but hopefully it's, you know, for a month or something or for a couple of weeks when, um, the, you know, the update comes out where this gets, gets pulled. But the reality is trying to please that small group of people indefinitely trying to sort of pile hacks on top of hacks of this crazy feature is just never going to it's ne- it's never going to win and so you kind of have to at some point just say you know we tried it it didn't work i'm very sorry and move on because otherwise you're just you know the app is just going to get stuck um and i mean if it's in in a weird way it's like the the reverse of the sunk cost fallacy is you start to think in terms of like should i have pulled this project earlier should i you know would it and what could I have done in the meantime? And, you know, it's, it's not the, that you want to just, you know, only slightly try experimental interesting features and if, if soon, at the first sign of trouble back out. Because, you know, a lot of the cool and interesting things that differentiate apps and make them useful and interesting are these kind of more experimental, like going down these crazy routes and seeing if it can work and coming up with interesting workarounds and, you know, crazy hacks. Like, I love that part of things. But... I think at a certain point you have to decide, you know, is this, does this continue to be worthwhile? And it sounds like in your, in your case, like I absolutely agree that it's time for it to go. Um, and it's just going to be one of those things where they will, you know, you can work on the messaging around that. You can try your best to kind of message that. And maybe you'll end up putting message, maybe having messaging in the app to try and communicate that because, um, the majority of your users almost certainly aren't, you know, following overcast FM on Twitter or whatever, or reading your blog, like, messaging that as best you can to try and make sure that you know people are at least have some understanding about what's going on um but ultimately it's like the being held hostage by a vocal minority is just going to stall everything else out and the you know if anything the best thing is to do is to just call it quits i like i like that you're just you decided to do it early and the cycle just get it done and just put that to the side so you can focus on your next big updates um, for iOS 11 because, you know, you, once you've done it, the nice thing in many ways, at least it's, it's a funny thing to say, but one of the things I like about the app store is that like, I don't, it's not like I work in a physical retail store. 
um, or something like that, where if I do something that my customers don't like, they reach out to like to me specifically in a like a physical way that I can't avoid. Like if you make some make do something that will upset some people, you can in some ways isolate yourself from that and just move on. Um, at least for a period of time, let it die down and focus on the things that are going to make your app better for everyone else. Because almost certainly like that is better for the future of the app um, than trying to hold, hold on to a feature. And like in this case, like, your hand is kind of forced. But I mean, there's even situations where you have to make like any change in an app is going to have this exact same experience. I think like if you change the font or you change the color or you change the layout, um, people will be upset. Like there's just, that is the, that is the inevitable reality of any change. But if that change is making the app a better, then it's kind of essential to just develop a bit of a, you know, it's like I struggled with this a lot early in the early days of my um, indie career with this feeling very personal about it. But at a certain point I've had to just develop a thick and thick enough skin to say, whatever, this is the, I'm trying to make the app uh, the best app that I can make it. And just go with that and hope and hope that people accept that you know like the, the majority it's making it better for more people is always almost certainly better than leaving it um as it was for a small group of people this this has been a lot of my rationale for for choosing to remove this feature now because like i have you know like the, the sunk cost fallacy is definitely at play here and but but i think what you what you just described and what i will now i guess coin the um the the lost opportunity cost tragedy uh, yeah. that, that, like I like I could have done so much more for the main app in the time I've spent on this feature and and, and if I would have known this feature would have cost so much time I probably wouldn't have started tackling it in the first place um, but you know that that's all gone now like the, now you just have to focus on well what do I have now and the fact is I'm already like more than halfway through the summer and I have done relatively little to adapt the main app for iOS 11 because I keep getting stuck in watch problems. And developing for the watch in general, it, as you know, <laughs> better than probably anybody. It's, it's complicated. And, it, and it's slow going. You know, like it, it's, it's a very, you know, because it is, first of all, this like kind of sister device to the phone. So it, it has like, you have to do a lot of things through the phone first and then over the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to the watch. And it also is very, you know, rudimentary, performance hardware because it has to fit in a watch like it has to have the power envelope to fit in the watch and everything else like it's very low powered hardware the os is fairly young the apis are fairly young and and very limited so it's it's just very slow going development wise everything you do to develop for the watch is more difficult and more cumbersome the cycles of 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 developing and testing and debugging are all longer uh just because it's this low power thing that's complex and tied to your phone. So watch development for me has just been a massive time sink. And a lot of, a lot of my users do use the watch app, but you know, way more people use the watch app than whoever used the send to watch offline playback. And and part of that, you know, the feature could be better. I, you know, I'm not saying it was perfect before, but you know, it it could be way better actually. But uh, the fact is like, it is not worth investing as much time as i've been investing in the watch app for the amount of usage it gets you know still by far like i have something like 15 percent of my users who have the watch app installed but only about one percent of the daily actives actually interact with it like they have it running in case they need it but very few people actually use it 
uh, or interact with it more than just looking at it or glancing at it or even just having it installed and never launching it. Um, so I need to now adjust my time allocation for the reality of the usage of the watch app and how and how expensive time-wise it is for me to invest time into it you know like as i said like it just it's so it's just so slow going to to make real progress on the watch that it just it's difficult and it's expensive so what i need to do now is focus on the the main app the main UI, the main interactions people actually do with it, because that, you know that's what I'm focusing on for iOS 11. This is no secret. I'm, I, as we discussed, I'm adopting the, the new drag and drop APIs. Uh, I'm updating some of the UI, you know, here and there for you know various like little behavioral tweaks that people have wanted and stuff like that. So like I have I have a good amount of work still to do. Uh, all my table views in iOS 11 have weird animation bugs and are broken because of the way they change table view sizing and everything. I still haven't haven't started dealing with that yet. Uh, because I haven't had times, so I keep losing time to massive, you know, tar pits of of watch development. Um, so I just need to end the watch development now, and and it's okay. Like I'm going to maintain the app and update the app over time, but it has to be a small scope. It has to be like this watch app will continue to work and. I'm going to make it as fast as I possibly can and even faster to interact with, which, by the way, is actually better without the offline feature because then I'm back to a one-page interface and I don't have to link all these extra frameworks and everything, so it actually is way faster without without the um, without the, the offline playback and it's easier to touch it without your touches being uh, interpreted as swipes, uh, so that's nice. Anyway, so like the Watch app is way better without this feature and... It's more in line with the amount of time it has earned from from my development time for the usage it actually gets. Like for the for those one percent of people who were interacting with it every day, I want to make it really fast because one percent is not great, but it isn't like if I leave it without the offline playback, it isn't that big of a time suck. Uh, but it, that does not make it worth investing half of my development year into it when the rest of the app needs attention too. Anyway, we are sponsored this week by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime helps tech talent such as yourself and other software developers and data scientists simplify their job search and land their dream job. Indeed Prime candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application to Indeed Prime. Companies on Indeed Prime's exclusive platform message the candidates with salary information right up front, and the average software developer gets five employer contacts and an average salary offer of $125,000 a year. Indeed Prime is 100% free for candidates, no strings attached, 100% free for you. Sign up now at Indeed.com slash Prime. Once again, Indeed.com slash Prime. Thank you very much to Indeed Prime for sponsoring our show. So the thing that you're, as you're saying that, that also comes to mind, I think just in general, is the being aware of the trap of how we allocate our time as, um, as, we, as we work on our apps. Because this is something that I've actually been struggling with a lot recently. And I, I have like the double fold problem of where do I allocate my time within an app? And then where do I allocate my time within a variety of apps that I have? Oh, of course. Um, and I think this, is, this loops back into the, the, the sort of this, this, this t- topic around removing features because it is so easy to get stuck in these rabbit holes, I find, where you, you kind of you're working on something that isn't actually giving you a lot of return. And 
I think it is so like the, the things that the traps that I am so easily fallen into are ones where you get like the feedback we get from our customers, whether that be an email or online, you know, in, in the app, in the app store, wherever it comes, comes from, we get this feedback and it's so easy to misconstrue the representativeness of that feedback. Um, and I think like in, in, in this case, it's like, it's, you, you, you know, you got the, you had a lot of, you had this feeling that you had a lot of people requesting offline watch playback, like from their, you know, this, it was a highly requested feature since the watch came out. Great. Turns out 0.1% of people actually used it in practice. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and I think that is something that is, it's like the best way to remove a feature probably is to never add it in the first place, um, which is pre, like like preemptive removal, which did you know did, like doesn't doesn't dig you out of a, the situation you find yourself in now. And I mean, the reality is, you're just gonna have to. It's on, you know it's like you just have to navigate it as best you can. It's out in the world. But I think to, to wrap this up, the thing that comes to mind for me is it's I, I'm increasingly trying to be very analytical about where I'm spending my effort to try and maximize the output from that because it is otherwise I end up spending time on these apps or on these features that, you know, I, I get the impression are well are very desired, but the reality is they're not in the common case. They're these sort of these edge case users or uses of the app. Um, or honestly, even more problematic are the ones where they change the core functionality to be slightly worse to make <laughs> a custom or a special use case slightly better. Um, like those are the situations where it's, I think it's very important to, when we're going into these kinds of things, it's like to take that step back and say like, how many people realistically are going to probably use this? And do I have any measures in my app that I can use to identify that? Like, you know, even just at the basic level of like what percentage of my apps of users in this case, like have an Apple watch and like knowing that number ahead of time, you know, like that is the absolute, if every single person used it, well, that would be this many people. And like, you can go down that road of being very thoughtful about it ahead of time, because otherwise you end up in, you know, in this situation. And I've gotten myself in there many times myself where it's, it's, it's so easy to get sucked down these, these things that can become these, like the, like you think you said tar pits, like that's what it feels like sometimes where you, and almost certainly we're at our best, um, when we're able to move quickly, when we're able to focus on features that will, you know, if we can make that core experience better and better and better. And ref it's like the refining, having the having the attention and the patience to refine the core experience over and over, and being okay with letting other opportunities go fall to the side. Because um, I think I don't know if you ran into this, but what I often run into with, with these kind of these side features is I have this this fear. I guess it's like the the fear of missing out. Um, like I don't want to be. It's like I know this opportunity exists. Like here's this functionality. Here's this thing that I could build. You know, in this case, building offline watch playback, like it's it's a known thing. It isn't this crazy novel invention that you've come up with. It's like it's a pretty obvious next step. Be it's like, is it getting over the fear that someone else is going to do it? Someone else is going to do it better, and as a result, like they're going to have this runaway success that crushes you in your business. Like that's a constant fear of mine. But the reality is that is almost certainly not the case. Um, like it's possible, like in the same way that 
it's possible to like win the lottery. And in some ways, the odds are probably more similar. It's like it's the there's a 0.01% chance of this that of that that situation happening. But the reality is the, the vast far more likely thing is that your app will would lose out and fall to and fall away because the core experience got worse over time rather than that it didn't have some one little feature um and like that's really hard like i've having to say no to something that i know that i can do but just would end up being this massive time suck is really hard but it's probably an essential thing for us to do because otherwise we're just gonna you know like I don't know what the next feature that you or I will, are going to add to our apps that we're ultimately going to kind of regret and maybe have to walk back from and have to navigate and take our lumps um, when we remove it. But almost certainly those opportunities are going to keep presenting themselves um, and we just have to try and focus on the right things. Is, is this all your like subtle, long way of saying that you want me to bring back one-touch playback? No, 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 no. That's fine. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the two touch. Um, what, what about the play button on the right side? Is that is, is that yeah. good enough? Play button on the right side is perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it is an example of like it's you, that, that it's that core experience of you know of Overcast, like the, optimizing those those then you know the the behavior of playing a podcast is like a core experience that should be perfect. Yeah. Um, and that's where you should be spending your time rather than you know, worrying about the side features that a few people use a few people love like they're maybe super passionate and then like that's awesome but that's not most of your users and that's get going down that road too far is just going to end up you know missing it's like missing out on way bigger opportunities than missing out on this small this small opportunity over here not to mention i gotta fix all my broken table views still that too <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you next week bye